what happens is when people get to yes, that's their signal to say, you see me, yeah. you get me, right? You're passionate about the possibility. And you said, yes, ask my yes. team. This is a Soul Fire production. You're listening to episode 157 of Yes And. This episode is brought to you by our studio sponsor, Advocare. That's right. We're coming in hot this year with Advocare. They are a community that provides world-class products, education, and inspiration to help you look better, feel better, and perform better. Guys, the supplements at Advocare, this is why they're my only sponsor, okay? Because I adore them. And these supplements have been instrumental in my personal training program, specifically the biofuel and pre-workout and the rehydrate. I mean, they're my obsessions, guys. And they give me so much stamina, really helping me crush my toughest workouts. And I'm not going to lie, the glow collagen and the spark are regular OGs in my overall wellness routine. So this is the perfect time to check out Advocare, to up your supplement game and invest in your health. And guess what? You don't have to pay full price. Use my code FEELBETTER15, that's FEELBETTER15, to get discounts and and support this podcast when you do. Okay, y'all, we are just walking right into 2023, aren't we? We can't stop it. We can't stop time. Um, And we can't make more time. So we might as well make the best of our time while we have it. And that is what I so deeply desire to do every week on this podcast for you. Your earbuds, your ears <laughs> mean a lot to me because I know you could be a lot of places. Um, so I am so excited about putting so much energy and effort and love, even more so than I've done over the years into the show. We're walking into year three this year, actually three years ago. Uh, this month, I-, I started this show and it's just so exciting to really watch how it's taken off. Watch how I've changed. Watch how you've changed and really witness the community that's being built uh, around the conversations that we're having here. And we're going to continue to up-level because um, I know you want to up-level. I know I want to up-level. And if you're here listening to the show, uh, that's your mindset. You're ready to play big. You're not going to play small. You are going to walk into uh, wealth and abundance. You believe you're worthy and ready and deserving of all of it. You believe you are it, but maybe, maybe, maybe you're just looking like myself for a little inspiration from the outside to keep you moving. So as you know, we're following an algorithm this year. Um, We're going to have four buckets, mindset, which we covered last week, leadership, which is what we're talking about this week. Creativity's coming up next week. We're going to end the month with how I yes-sanded this. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship. Uh, But today we're talking about leadership. And so when I was thinking about talking about leadership, I knew I had to bring out one of my new favorite leadership thought leaders and speakers. His name is Justin Patton, and he is going to show us um, and give us so many great... I mean, what I love about our interview is... I've already talked to him, so I'm recording this in post-production. And oh my God, so many tactics from scripts you can use to body language moves to mindset shifts. I mean, he drills in. And he is also like a disco ball. He is a ball of light. He is Southern charm. He was one of the highlights for me of 2022. We were actually both booked uh, by the same client for multiple events last year. So we spent many days on the road last year working together. I've seen his keynote six times. I've gotten to bring him on stage. I've gotten to bring him off stage. And we spent lots of time together, not only on site with the client, but in the Delta Lounge at the airport, because um, we would travel home together sometimes. And we struck up a, a bit of a friendship and I'm so grateful for that. He is an incredibly talented speaker. He is a light worker. He is a great storyteller. He is an incredible human. And let me tell you, one of my favorite things he does on a stage is transform an entire room's thinking on trust, building trust, creating environments of trust, uh, using body language to earn trust and so much more. We even got into a conversation about um, without trust blank, like fill in that blank. Without trust, I would feel blank. We answer that question here on the episode today because without trust, mm, 
How can we lead without trust? How can we really, truly live a life, a yes and life, a life that is exciting and action oriented. So we're going to tap into that. Um, and I was thinking about like reading his like bio and giving the, giving you the formal introduction on him, but mm-mm. I want you to hear his story in his own words. Plus his Southern accent is like literally my favorite. So I'm just going to jump in. Uh, ladies and gents, here is my conversation on trust and the road to loyalty with my friend, Justin Patton. Okay, Justin Patton. Okay, I mean, I said this in the intro, and I'm just going to say it again. You were such a gift of 2022 for me. You really were. Like, seriously. Like, I'm so glad we met. And, you know, like I told the audience already, I got to see you keynote six times last year. And here's what's so fun about you on stage. You know, the the heartbeat, the essence of your work is, of course, the essence of your work on leadership and trust and building building authentic connections. And, but every talk, this is what's so fun about a real performer is a little bit different and has a little bit of a a different energy. And maybe you pull a story from here based on what's going on in the room. And, you know, this, this art form of keynote speaking is something you and I share in common. It is how we met. And like me, you accidentally fell into this profession. Okay. And when I say accidentally, um, you and I both know you're either born with this gift or, or you're not. And it definitely takes a lot of work. So while we may have accidentally fell into professional speaking, um, I do think you're, you're, some people are born with this gift, right? To storytell and, and orate. You're certainly one of those people. But what's interesting about you, and I want you to tell this story in your own words, you didn't initially want to do all this. Like you wanted to be a policeman, a lawyer, or an FBI agent or so. So I want to tap into that. And it was really a life-altering situation that changed a lot of things for you. So in your own words, sort of walk us into, you know, how you got to where you are Mm -hmm. today uh, from tragedy to triumph, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It's just an honor to be with you. I'll tell you, you know, as a little boy growing up on a farm in Mount Washington, Kentucky, I always thought I'd either be a lawyer or I was going to go into the FBI. And when I went to college, I started in law enforcement. And that was going to be my major. And my first semester, um, my dad passed away very suddenly. Um, he had hemorrhoid surgery. They were supposed to be supposed to be very minor. Get him in, oh. get him out. And um, I remember the weekend of September 19th, I came home from college. And my dad was still in a lot of pain. But we thought, hey, that's just what you go through. No one in our family had ever had surgery. So we didn't really know what that process was like. And I remember that morning he took me to go get groceries for my college dorm room. He took me to go get my hair cut. And when we got home, mom had made lunch for all of us at the table. And that's when we're having lunch together. And I knew something was wrong because it was the first time he put his fork down and he tilted his head down and he started crying. I had oh. never saw my dad cry. My dad was that macho guy, doesn't show a lot of emotions. And mm-hmm. I just remember being like, dad, are you okay? He was like, yeah. And he just, you know, he kind of, you know, how some men are, they just kind of blow it off and says, you know, it, it'll be fine. And then I was teaching band programs and I said goodbye and I love you after, you know, after lunch and walked out the door. And when I came home, I found out he died in mom's arms. And what happened was they had left gauze inside of my dad after that surgery. So for a month and a half that we thought he was recovering was actually bacteria growing in his body and it ended up getting septus and, and passing away. And, it, you know, I always say, Judy, we all get sucker punched in life. None of us yeah. get out scot-free, but that was like my yeah. first big sucker punch. And as an 18-year-old kid, if I'm being honest, I didn't know how to handle loss that painful and that deep. And so um, there was a lot that transpired from that, which we can go into another time. But I'll tell you the thing that it really did and how I probably got here was I go, my dad was 46 years old when he died. and I was Which like, is crazy. That's my age. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is... Yeah. Well, here I am, 42, right? 42. And as you're, you're thinking, like, I'm about his age. I feel like I'm just getting started. Get started. Like, yeah. I just like, feel like now I can have kids and not mess them up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just like, I just now feel like ready. And so right. I look back and I just like, he was 46. And I, I said, I don't know how long I have, but I'm going to make a difference. And for me yeah. at that time, I was like, I'm going to go be a high school teacher. So yeah. I actually switched my major went into education, became a high school teacher, taught English and creative writing for five years in high school, loved it. 
And then after that, I'll kind of wrap the bow up here. I eventually got an opportunity to go into corporate America and start teaching adults. And that led me down this path. But um, my passion is always after my dad died was really getting into education and teaching and and understanding there's an art to 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 helping people learn, but do it in a way that's engaging and fun because none of us just want to sit in that room. And if you want to know how good you are, put yourself in a room of 30 kids and try to keep their attention for 90 minutes. You have to learn to be good. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, best ground floor training for any speaker, yeah. right? Go try and hold the the room of a bunch of uh, uh, high school. Were you in high school, right? Two I high was a high school All fr- freshman senior year. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So hard. Well, and you know, sometimes though. Thank you for sharing that story. And I know we talked a little bit about it on site, you know, when we were working together this year and um, your, your dad and, and um, a lot of the stories that make up your life are a part of your, your keynotes, which I think is what um, is textbook textbook in really great keynote speaking. It's, it's teaching at a high level, but also bringing people into like who you are as a human being. And I think for me, um, I think about my death a lot. I think about mortality a lot. I, I, and I don't do that because I'm like this morbid person, but I do think it's in looking at it that we realize that we, we are like, we are dying right now, right? Like not to be Debbie Downer here, but anything can happen at any minute. We, we watch anybody who watches football just watched over Mm -hmm. the weekend, this 24 year old kid, uh, have a cardiac attack you know he's a bills player i don't know if you saw that justin but just dropped on the floor and you know sure there might be other things going on but anything can happen at any time and and age doesn't really matter but i love that um you took this tragedy and turned it into a triumph instead of sort of going this sort of quote safe path, not that working for the FBI or being in law law enforcement would be safe. I mean, more, you, you felt that that was what you were meant to do, but then this sort of awakening happened where you're like, Oh wait, actually, if I'm going to be real honest with myself, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher Mm -hmm. at my core. Would you feel that that's an accurate statement? Like you're a teacher at your core. I I totally do. And I'll tell you, I didn't know this quote at the time, but I will say there's been a, there's a line that's really driven a lot for me over the years. That's really supported me. And it says, use pain as a stepping stone, not a campground. And I know too many people that camp out in that pain. And, and if I'm Judy in full transparency, I did that for 12 years after my dad died. So for 12 years, I camped out in the pain and misery Mm. and I, I didn't know how to handle loss like that. So I shut off emotionally. So I tell people I was dead from my neck down. So I was living life from my headspace, and I was showing up in relationships from my head. I was leading teams and working in companies, but I didn't have empathy because I didn't even have empathy for myself. I didn't allow myself to go there. And it took me 12 years, kind of hitting rock bottom and getting relationships not working out for me to finally kind of wake up and say, camping out is a choice and that I'm missing so many opportunities by staying here versus using the pain. Yes. I used it to motivate me into a career, but that I was using my career to validate myself. And Mm -hmm. I didn't understand is maybe there was a way to also use that pain to show up as more empathetic in my relationships, to have more heart, in the way that I led teams, but that took me a really long time. And so about 30 and from 30 on, I've really kind of tried to live my life that way to yes. say, when, when we all get sucker punched, we'll when, and we will, can we use that pain, acknowledge it and honor it? Cause I think that's important. Of course. Refuse to camp out in it and use yes. it to, to drive you um, with purpose or with new insight in a more forward mm. direction. I'm so glad you went there and thank you for sharing that because I think that's empowering. Like you own the fact that you sat in it for 12 years, right? You, hence how you know about the reality of camping in it. Like you're like, I am in, I've been there. I've done it. I've camped for 12 years in this pain, um, which kept me stuck and probably safe, but it, but it sort of doesn't allow you to blossom in the ways you were probably meant to blossom. And it's been fun to watch you do that. And I think um, one of the things that I love that you do on a stage, you know, your work 
really is all encompassing as it relates to just sort of helping teams and people become better leaders. And trust is a big conversation you're having on a stage. So I want to talk to you a little bit about psychological safety. And I love how you approach the conversation with leaders. Um, about and around trust, which can be a really sticky subject. Um, and I know that you and I have both worked with big corporate clients. Yeah. And what I have seen time and time again is that sometimes we'll be in these rooms and you and I have been in these rooms together and <laughs> we'll be at these events and we will call for volunteers or we'll be asking for engagement uh, and people don't want to speak up. It's like crickets. No one wants to make a move. Uh, everybody's afraid to, to say anything because there's there's leadership in the room. And to me, that's a red flag. If the participants in a room do not feel confident enough to speak up and speak out, then that means that there's likely no or little psychological safety in the organization. And that, in my opinion, comes from the top down. So I want to talk to you about this. Yes. I have a feeling you share the same sentiment and I'd love for you to give us some advice on what it looks like to all the leaders listening. What does it look like to create psychological safety so that we can create env environments where people thrive? Like what kills it mm. <laughs> and what builds it? Does that make sense? It does. So, uh, you know, I, obviously I'm a certified coach and we always say we we believe that how we define words is important. So I want to define what psychological safety is. Okay, let's do, do it. That, everyone's going to have a different. What does that mean? OK, yeah. this is so, so good. Amy Edmondson's kind of like was like kind of the, the person that founded this term. And it's this idea that that if I speak up, be who I am, share my thoughts, feelings, beliefs, that I will not be shamed, judged, criticized or humiliated. Mm, here, here. And I think. That's important. You know how many, I'm going to bring it back to a personal note and then we'll tie it into business. Do you know how many parents I coach who, who are like, well, my kids don't open up. Of course they don't because they're afraid that if they show you who they really are or they share their real feelings, they're going to be shamed, judged, or criticized or humiliated. So it only takes once or twice for them to be like, mm -mm, yes. never again. Never so again. Then they start hiding who they are from us. Ooh. And then we get angry at them for not opening up to us when our presence doesn't make it safe for them to do it. And so tying that back to leadership, it's this idea of do we create spaces in meetings, in our emails, in the in the way that we interact where people can be their full authentic selves, can share their thoughts, beliefs, and ideas, um, and have tough conversations or provide feedback that may be sometimes not comfortable. So that's the idea. I, and I think it's hard. I don't think it's easy. So we're hard. so busy being busy. And sometimes I think we're short in the way that we respond to people. And um, I'm going to share one thing. You asked about what kills it. I'm going to, I'm going to give. Yeah, I want to know. Give me some tips. Like what yeah. doesn't work? <laughs> well, here's what I, I think the number one thing that kills it is ego. And I think we all okay. have ego. Always. And here's why. The ego. Yeah. Well, and here's why that is. It's because it is always fear-based. It's, I always say ego is any fear-based thought that pulls you out of the truth of who you are. And here's, for, here's what we know from all the research in ego. It always takes your strength and turns it into your liability. So let me show you yes. why. So my, my strength, my number one strength is my passion. Well, what mm -hmm. I know my ego does is it turns it into intensity. In my, and when that happens, my intensity does not make it safe for people to open up. I suck the oxygen out of that space. Sometimes my, my gestures and my excitement um, um, make other people shrink or back away. Mm -hmm. So I have to be very careful in the way that I show up to say, does my intensity, my passion, my body language, my tone, does it make it safe to meet um, for, for this other person to share? My pastor once said, he goes, you can't meet people where they are when you think you're above them. And I think so mm. often that's all ego. I think ego so often Damn. is, well, that's ridiculous. You, th That's not right. And then we, that person feels judgment in the way that we're communicating with them. So I just, for me, I would say it always, we can give it a bunch of different labels, but that is the number one thing that will kill it is ego. And it's going to show up differently for all of us listening. So here's the, here's the one thing I would tell anyone listening to you say, what is my number one strength? And then what does my ego turn it into? And know that's probably happening in all of your relationships. It's happening in the way that you show up at work all the time. Okay, this is massive. Um, <laughs> I'm having a lot of like, I share the intensity thing with you. Um, big time. Uh, 
And for me, you know, so this is guys, if you're listening to this, this is, this is an awakening here, right? This is realizing. And what I love about what you just said, this is a big aha for me here. I don't think I've ever heard it said that way. Your ego, it takes your strength and almost like uses the shadow side of it against you, you know, whatever that may be. Am I understanding that kind of yeah, correctly? I, I work with people who say my number one strength is empathy. Well, then what mm. does their ego turn it into? Cyn- cynical. They get really judgmental of other people. They're like, well, I'm, I'm there for everyone. But no one's there for me. And then they get really judgmental and cynical of other people. And when that happens, it comes out in their, in their language and in their tone. Um, I'll tell you, you know, when it happens in business, um, some of the people we have to watch out the most for are high performers. High performers mm. are often not good team players. They are solo. There's a reason why Beyonce left Destiny's Child, y'all. She was a solo <laughs> artist. And she, you know. And I love so this. Some, what we know is a lot of times for high performers, their number one strength is independence. But when their ego gets the best of them, it becomes detachment. And what happens is they're like, just give it to me. I'll go do it myself. And then what uh-huh. happens if they do it at work, they do it in their marriage. So they stop sharing stuff with their partner. They're like, I don't want, I don't want to have to deal with that, that person have to deal with it. I'll just, I'll just, I'll carry it around myself. And they think they're doing them as, um, this favor when that person just wants you to be a team player and let them be part of the team. And you've made a decision that, that I'm not even going to include them in that conversation. So uh-huh. it's always a road, the, uh, that shadow side that you mentioned, it's always going to erode trust in our relationships, which is why I think it's so it's really beneficial just to get aware about what is my strength and what does it turn into? And then look at yourself and say, oh, where is that playing out yes. in my life? You know? Yeah, I think that is um, spectacular and something I want to click into more, certainly when we go off the air and really uh, begin to 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 make sure I'm staying really aware of that. Because yeah, if, if I know that my superpower is my energy, um, then maybe that shadow side is intensity. So, so how am I making sure that I am just maintaining an awareness around that? Because, um, energy can be a really powerful thing when used the right way, but it can also be a really overwhelming thing. Um, and a misunderstood thing when used the wrong way, which could come off as intensity or, um, another, another bad habit of that would be condescending. Right. So you're so like, oh my gosh, well, if you're not at this level, well, (laughs) I don't want to talk. Like, I ain't going to be around anybody that doesn't have that energy. We can't operate. Like I can't just not every day on my team. And as a leader is going to be perfect. So I have to really watch like, cause I have such a high tolerance for, for work and a low tolerance for laziness that my intensity, my energy can come off kind of condescending if someone ain't get shit done, right? Which then destroys psychological safety and makes someone not want to, I'm not saying that this is something I'm doing, but it's something I'm aware of, right? Um, So I think these are interesting conversations to have because they're just ways we can just um, be mindful of where that ego is showing up Mm -hmm. to block our blessings. And back to psychological safety, I mean, this is why improv was so great. Right. We pump this into the ether of those buildings. Right. We know that we can show up. Our whole job is to fail. Our whole job is to fuck it up. I mean, that's what we're told to do. Go out there and mess this up tonight, baby. And you're like, okay, mess it up. Wait, but in corporate by day, I'm being told, like, copy me, do whatever you want. But do you have your pantyhose on? Right. But like by night, I'm just being told to to risk and to try and to fail and to get up and do it again. And we do that because we have really safe, safe environments. And I think an improv classroom is a perfect example of psychological safety, right? Letting people know that it's okay to get it wrong, to be heard and to truly, truly be themselves. (laughs) Well, what I love about your idea around improv is the whole idea of trust is this belief that, that you're going to have my back. Everything yes. about improv yes. was, even if I fail, you, you're going to have my back in the You're going to love me anyway, we're, baby. <laughs> we're in it together, right? Yes. So like wherever it goes, I know you have me. So I'm willing yes. to take risks. I'm willing to, to step out and be something maybe that I haven't tried before because I know the people around me are going to be able to have my back when I try those things. 
That's big. That is psychological safety. Yeah. That is it. That is it. Like knowing we're going to go down. If this, if this plane is going down, we're going down together, right? We're, if this improv scene is going to burn to the ground, we're going to burn together, baby. Like, yeah. and you feel safe because you know you're in it. Now there is no ego, right? And and the people that have the ego in improv are really hard to play with. They don't last real long or they go off and do stand up comedy. Love you. If you do stand up comedy, it's just a different thing, right? The improv theater is not about the, the, the person, the individual. It is about the ensemble. And my only job is to make you look better than me, actually. And every time I do that, man, it slays, right? And so what a way to create. I think if any leader is listening right now, that's the essence of what Justin's trying to teach. And what my reminder of the improv theater is really all about. It's about creating environments where people feel safe. And this is why that ensemble mentality and the watching out for others and having your, you know, mm-hmm. I got your back, you got my back. We literally do that for every show, got your back, got your back, got your back. Mm-hmm. We all tap each other on, you know, we'll, you know, we'll break legs. We'll you know, break a leg, break a leg, right? All of these things, you know, we, these are ways to encourage each other before any, any, any big show. So um, you have this thing and, you know, this loops back to trust. You got to trust other people in order to feel safe. Okay. So while we're talking about leadership, a quick pause from our incredible conversation with Justin Patton, because I got to tell you about one of my favorite leadership secret weapons, and it is the art and science-backed approach of goal-focused planning. So eight years ago, I started goal-focused planning. And as a leader myself, it has been one of the most impactful things I've done personally and professionally. And in a nutshell, goal-focused planning, here's what it is. It is the science-backed approach of working in 90-day windows with small daily actions to achieve big results. And I love this process so much that I ended up making my own planner. We call it the possibility planner. And I made it during the pandemic and we sell this on our website, but I'm going to give you the digital version of this today, right now here for free, because you're awesome and you're listening to this ad, but also because I believe in my heart of hearts, uh, leader to leader, human to human, that this is your first step to freedom. And if you don't know where to start this year, if you feel overwhelmed by all the choices, if you feel so deep in despair because your dreams feel so big that you're like, "Eh, I don't even know where to start. So I'm not going to start. This is how you get yourself off autopilot and out of that doubt and into action. So you can go to judyholler.com forward slash free gift, and you're going to get an instant download of the digital version. It's totally free. And if you dig it, Click in the show notes, go to my website to get the physical planner. We sell it on Amazon, et cetera, all the places. It's called the Possibility Planner. But most importantly, I want to give this to you so you could take a look at it. It is really a roadmap and it gets you started today, not someday on your goals and your dreams. And I walk you through the process of prioritizing yourself in your day because that's really what it takes to truly think, work, and live like a CEO, which is a critical mindset to be adopting as a leader today. So again, jump on over to judyholler.com forward slash free gift. Get your instant download today. All right, back to the show. You have this thing uh, where you do, um, you have like the three T's, the three T's of building trust. I love things like this. What are your three T's (laughs) of building trust? Give me the three T's because my brain will remember them this way. If we're going to build trust with other people, you got to be able to do three specific actions and it's, it's transparency, it's tact, and it's this idea of togetherness. So I always say this, I, I always say this idea of trust can be kind of complicated and big. So I said, if I could give people three questions that they can ask themselves, um, these would be the three, and they're going to tie to each one of those T's. So number okay, one is, that. do you take people with you on the journey? Ooh. The, that is transparency. If you're not take, if 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 you're not being transparent, other people can't get bought into the process. Where we go on vacation, what decision we're going to make as a family, where we're going as an organization. It's all about do I take people with me on the journey? That's number one. Number two Love is, it. do I make it safe for other people to open up? And that goes back to psychological safety and the intensity. So do you, does your presence make it safe 
for other people to be who they are, all that. And the last or one- Or are they intimidated? And that would make them want to, you know, am I creating, I, I may be intense and I may have high energy, but am I creating, am I bringing that down so that people know that, oh, the door is open. There, There is a seat on this couch. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can trust me here because I'm letting you a little bit into my life, right? Is this kind of what you mean? Yeah, tact is, re- tact is really all about safety. And that's where the psychological safety piece really okay. comes in. And it has a lot to do with, it, it's the words. It's like when somebody comes to you and says, um, you know, I have this idea. What do you, you know, what do you think about it? And the moment you say, oh, you do this every time, or, you know, this seems like there's so much judgment even in that. Right. Yeah. And so that's the yes, but moment. It's the yes, but it's yeah. like, yeah, but instead of yes. And hold on, this is cool. Yeah. Let's tap into it. Tell me more, lean in a little bit. Right. Well, I always think about phrases. I mean, I'm all about helping people give like practical tactics, but I always think like saying, wow, okay. When somebody says something that maybe pushes a button or Mm -hmm. maybe you didn't feel safe, but to step back and have enough awareness to go, wow, I don't think I've thought about it like that. And it's like dampening the moment versus reacting. And now we're both going at it, right? And so that's this idea of, do I make it safe? Um, And that's the tact piece. And this idea of togetherness, the question is, do I make people feel less alone? Mm. Because there's a lot of people that woke up today that are in relationships where they feel alone. And there are a lot of people that go to work every day who feel people on that team do not have their back or their yeah. boss does not have their back. Yeah. That's a long, I remember when I was first writing my book, um, Judy, I, I put out on social media, life without trust is blank. And I said, mm-hmm. what would you all put in that blank? It was fascinating. Lonely. So life without trust is blank. But what do you think the most common answer was? Oh my God. I love when you do this stuff and you give the quizzes. <laughs> like we're going to talk about body language in a minute. Cause there's a part of your body that we yeah. got to talk about that everybody gets. Okay. So um, wh- life Without trust. Life is, I would say lonely or sad or per, uh-huh. like maybe lonely or sad would be your, like what you heard the most. I don't know. Yeah, I would, lonely. I would say lonely because if you don't trust anyone, how do you have anyone? Yeah. Life with, that was lonely was the, the overwhelming majority that life was without it? trust is lonely. And mm-hmm. this idea of togetherness is do, do, do the actions that I take in a relationship and the way that I communicate, does it make them feel less alone? And so, yeah. um, and we can talk through it later, but like empathy is one of the most important actions that we demonstrate to say, I see you. And so understanding how do we show up within those, if, if you have a relationship right now for all those people listening, if trust is not where you want it to be with your boss, a family member, your partner, or yourself, it is yes. oftentimes because one of those three factors, one or more, are actually missing. And so the, the question is where, which one is really impacting our, is it because it's not yes. safe? Is it we've gotten so focused on our own careers that we stop being this idea of together and being a team? Or is it we're not taking each other with us? We're not transparent about what we feel, what we need in this relationship. It is always one or more of those are missing. And that's why trust isn't where it needs to be. Oh, so good. So practical. And Um, really powerful as well. So I love tips like this. Um, You also um, do this really cool thing on stage as we sort of like, you know, body language is a big part of like, we can, you taught me through your talks that just (laughs) through the way you sit, the way your body is angled um, can either earn or like build trust or lose trust. Okay. And there's this part of your keynote, as you know, where you guys, he'll get a volunteer on stage. And you know me, I do volunteers as well. So I love keynotes that are engaging. And he sort of demonstrates with body language. Um, and I know you can't see us right now. Um, and maybe you can watch a clip on YouTube when we post this later. Um, but I think Justin could, he, he brings a volunteer up and he sort of demonstrates the power of body language yeah. and building trust. So I think maybe Justin, if you could try and articulate some of the ways we can use our body to... Um, 
build trust and lean in a little bit more as leaders, pun intended. So let's talk about body language and maybe what to do and what not to do. Um, Because I love this part of your talk and it's something (laughs) I'm always thinking about. And I feel like I'm good at, but I think it's a good reminder for all of us. Yeah. Well, listen, it's a sexy topic. I'm going, this makes me feel like I'm going back to my former FBI. This is the FBI. (laughs) This is the FBI in you. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. So for everyone to have some context, I actually went and studied body language from a former FBI agent. Yes, he did. I went to the Body Language Institute and 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 part of it is I need you to know a couple things. Number one is body language is not about what you want it to mean. It's about perception. It's about how are the other people on the other side of my words interpreting what I'm doing and how I'm showing up. So here's if I could give one tip, Judy, it's this one right here. I always ask people, what is the most honest part of the body? So I want all okay, those listeners one. to okay. think. This is my favorite. Yeah. If, if I was to say, what is the most honest part of the body? What would you say it is? And so I know the majority of their listener right now, 80 to 90% of people will all yell out face or eyes. All. I said eyes the first yeah. time you did this. I was like, eyes for sure. Hands down. Look <laughs> me in the eye. Right? Like, whole life. Look people in the face and eyes. Eye. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how many people I've looked at and been like, I love that outfit. I didn't. I didn't. I really <laughs> didn't. Okay. <laughs> you know, like we probably like our face and eyes the most. And so. Oh, ma'am, how did you like your Cobb salad? <laughs> it was great. Thank you so much. And then, you know, she walks away. I'm like, Get, this is one of my goals this year. I'm like, just, I'm like, queen is my word of the year. I'm like, no, <laughs> she's going to ask for what she wants and say, says yes. what she means. But what Justin's trying to say is you can look someone in the eye and with love, not want to have that conversation right now because someone maybe isn't mm-hmm. doing what you need them to do, but you're not ready to go. There, <laughs> you look right? at so, that salad, Judy, and you said, well, it was a choice. <laughs> it, was, it, it was something it, it, it like, you know, when you see an ugly baby. Oh, aren't you sweet? Isn't she? Isn't she sweet? I think that's the thing you say, right? Anyway, yeah. but again, so what the point is, it's not the eyes. It it's is not, not the, the eyes. eyes. It is actually your feet. And so the, the further you get away from your brain, the less conscious you typically are. Ooh, and this which is, is good, why, you guys. Which is why, and this is why, even if you're not, if you're just listening to this, if you think about your feet, I always say, ask people when the way that do you even show up fully present for people and actually point your feet directly to that person or, you know, in that direction and have the conversation. And the reason that's important, I remember doing a keynote for a thousand women and this woman come up, this, this mother woman come um, come up to me afterwards and she goes, thank you. She goes, do you know, I think as a mom. I get so busy being busy and my kid comes home from school and I'm getting dinner ready and then I'm helping him with homework and then I'm getting him ready for bed. She goes, I don't even, I'm so busy multitasking that I don't even know if I even turn and face him directly and just say, how was your day? How are you? Mm. And, and for everyone that's going to watch the video, I want you to see this. So if I can look at you with my face and eyes and, but, and my feet are facing this way. This energy still feels completely different, even even on Zoom, than if I just like us right now. I'm facing you. My knees, my feet, it's all facing you right now. Like we're sitting across from each other. And this is the idea of togetherness. Is like I got your. I'm here. That you're like like, I got your back. You're not alone. But if I was like, I mean, well, I don't know. I got my headphones in, so I'd have to like (laughs) lean back like this, and my feet are kind of over here. It kind of like looks like a more like ready to run out of the room? Are are we done yet? What time is it? Right? Like my body language feels a little more, I don't know. It does. Well, they, it's the, the science would say that your feet will always face your intention. So what happens is you might be polite, but the moment that conversation is done, you will always walk the way your foot is pointed. Now here's yeah. the deal. If you and I are facing each other in a conversation and someone walks up, you don't think about it. You typically just open up the circle automatically. If they don't open up the circle with their feet and they still face each other, but only turn their head to you, they're not inviting you in the conversation. And you don't have to make up a story about why. They could be talking about finances, their kids, something vulnerable. But with that's why body language works is because it's a lot of it is unconscious. You're not thinking about it. So if there is one thing that everyone could take away just about how to use their body language better, it would be like, Start pointing your feet towards the individual you're talking to and really showing up for people when you're trying to have that conversation. That's just one tip of many. Of many. Yeah. I mean, God, there could be a whole episode on just like body language and all the things you've learned there. But I think that the nugget for me, and I love this in your talk was like your feet 
face your intention. Um, You also do this thing on stage. One of the final things I want to talk to you about is, um, you know, more yes. Your your latest book, book, The Road to Yes, um, is juicy. And you do this thing (laughs) on stage with a volunteer. Um, It might be the same one when you're having the body language conversation. But anyway, you ask a series of questions. And the whole point of this exercise you're demonstrating is to get them to yes, this yes moment, right? And you share from the stage one of my all-time favorite quotes. It is a life mantra for Mm, me. You know, people, they just want to know, and this is the Oprah. This is the Queen Oprah. They just want (laughs) to know, do you hear me? Do you see me? Does what I have to say matter? And Oprah famously tells the story of like, she's like, I have been on stage with from Tom Cruise to Brad Pitt to sheiks to princes to presidents. Like she's interviewed some of the most incredible people in the world. And she goes, every time they come off stage, they all have the same question. And the question is, how did I do? Mm -hmm. How did I do? Like people just want to know, like, am I okay? Do you see me? does what I have to say matter? Right. And so you really do this beautiful lean in exercise where you help a volunteer on stage and the whole audience understand how to get to this like sort of head nodding moment. Um, is there a way you could sort of walk us through, um, how we can get people on that road to yes. And of course, your book, you guys, I'll link up to everything in the show notes. And Justin's an incredible follow on Instagram and all the things. As you can tell, he's definitely worth um, your social media energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but walk us through that because I think it's a powerful way to end. Plus, the name of this podcast is Yes. And so we <laughs> love the yes. We love movement, but we, you know, we got to start with yes. Yeah. So this is a whole this is about how do we create empathy and and I'm going to give you a formula that you can use. But the idea is we don't do it to manipulate. It's really to say, how do we make people feel deeply seen and heard? Because what we know is if they can get to yes, they're more likely to open up even more. And the more they're open up, the more we can actually deal with what's really going on. So I'm I'm going to share the formula first and then I'm going to give an example. So the formula is. Well, yeah, you feel blank. And in that blank, you insert the emotion that you think they're feeling. And that's important because it requires you to really try to see it from their perspective. Hold on. Should we role play this like you do? And then I could be your volunteer. And like you, okay, I want to show you what he does on stage, guys. And this is like literally, we're going to totally wing this shit right here because I know you asked for something vulnerable. So I'm a little nervous. So we'll see what (laughs) happens. Um, But this is how he does it on stage. But this is exactly as a leader, how you would build empathy with a team member or as a human, um, build empathy with a spouse, a colleague, a friend, a coworker, a client, whatever Mm -hmm. that maybe for you. So let's give it a go. I kind of loosely remember the exercise, but let's but give them, switch it up a little give, bit. Let's just, let's just see where it goes. It up. Okay? Improv. Me, what, I'm so what's excited. the most, what's the biggest thing you're excited for in 2023? I am the most excited to build out Oh, Justin, there's so many things, but I'm so excited to build out my new home office. I need to get my moneymaker back online. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm sitting in the corner of my bedroom right now. So I am so excited to design a sacred space here in my house for me to get back to work um, and stop parking and camping in the excuse of COVID. Yeah. And, and you're probably sometimes overwhelmed because I know how you are. You have so many ideas that are amazing and fabulous that you're like, I don't, I don't know where to start necessarily, but the idea of starting, I know excites you a lot. Oh, I love to start things. Just ask my team. I love to start things. I'm a great starter. Um, I put a lot of uh, people around me that help me finish, but I, I'm a visionary. So I have a lot of ideas and big dreams and yeah, I, I need a space to sort of box all that up. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and help me organize my brain. Yeah. Who is someone in your life that you really admire that maybe people listening to your podcast or watching this maybe don't know much about? Someone in my life that I really admire that I, um, I mean, I don't talk a, a lot about my dad. I mean, mm-hmm. if you follow me on social, you'll see photos every now and then. I see him a couple times a year and we talk every week, but my dad, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For those listening, if they don't, you know, if they don't know dad, what should they know about him? That he that duct tape fixes everything, Mm. that you should never walk to your car alone, that he is the most practical, humble, 
um, spiritual. He used to be a monk. Um, so he's really in touch with this like spirituality. And then he met my mom. And of course, life became a whirlwind from there. But my dad is very grounded in who he is. Um, he doesn't need a lot. Um, he's a simple man, uh, but he's a very practical man. He's super handy, very hands-on, um, can fix anything, and um, just is an incredible uh, dad. Like he made me feel, you know, beautiful and special and cared for. And he continues to, to this day, right? Yeah. He, he taught me what it, what it looked like to uh, be respected by a man. And, you know, because of that, I've made wise choices. And even as you talk about him, I think all of your listeners will hear just the level of admiration that you have for him. And beneath everything you said, it's I'm going to tie everything we talked about. It's like yes. this. It's a man that has really had your back every yes. step of the way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. My and first so, improv ensemble. He was my first improv ensemble. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah, certainly. So you can, all the listeners, you can see twice I use the technique, not in a way to manipulate Judy, but to say, of course, like, so an example is I just said, well, yeah, I can, we can tell that you feel so much admiration for him because, and then you have to go maybe a layer deeper than what the person just said. I said, because I can tell your whole life that he's always had your back. And she said, yes. And so what happens is when people get to yes, that's their signal to say, you see me, yeah. you get me, right? And even the first time around when I said, what are you excited? Because I also want to show people, it doesn't have to be about the, the somber stuff, even the excitement that you had to say, yeah, sometimes the designing something can be so overwhelming because you have so many ideas, you don't know where to start, but, you, but you're passionate about the possibility. And you said, yes, ask my yes. team. I forgot we were even doing that. And then I realized like, yes, I said yes about a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. But, which you know, is so cool the- because I got to say, just that this is what, it, and this is what you do so well, but it makes me feel close to you. Like in this moment, it's like almost forgot we were recording, especially when I was talking about my dad. And I was like, oh my God, you know, he really does it, which makes me love you even more. I'm like, this guy, get like, he's not faking this. Like, it just feels so... I, I do. Every time I'm in it, and you really walk this in your life. Like yeah. every time I'm in in an, this is why you're one of my favorite leadership speakers and thought leaders out there right now, because you really walk it. I mean, you walk it, you lean into conversations, you lean into people. And I tell you, every time I leave an interaction with you, I do feel seen and heard. So guys, he's got a lot of practice with this and this <laughs> stuff works, but I do feel seen and heard. And I feel like, oh my God, he, he likes me. He really, really <laughs> likes me. Right. And that's, that's what a way to leave people. Right. Thank you. Uh, you know, what I hope people also hear is I, I do really try to live this out as much as possible, but I'm also human and I don't get yeah. it right all the time, yeah, but I'll tell same. you because I'm so aware of it. I get it right way more often. And I mm. think that's the goal for all of us listening is not, I, I, none of us are perfect. We're going to have bad days. We're going to have, we're all going to get sucker punched. And so I'm not saying the goal is to always get it right. But when we don't get it right, can we be mindful that we didn't? And then can we make some different choices? Justin, so much gold, mm-hmm. so much gold. I adore you. I know that our listeners are going to feel the same way after this conversation. So I can't wait for y'all to go get you some, <laughs> get you some Justin in your life, go scoop up his books, go jump on his beautiful website. Uh, you know, he's a keynoter as well. So if you're looking for someone uh, to, to bring this conversation into your organization this year, certainly look him up. And, you know, Justin, before I uh, let you go, I, you know, one of the things I love to know is what your thoughts are around the idea of yes and. So when I offer up the words, Mm -hmm. yes and to you, uh, that is the title of this podcast and certainly the essence of the improv theater, what comes up? What do those two words together uh, sort of mean for you? For me, yes and requires you to be the chief trust builder in in, in a conversation because it is all about teamwork. The whole idea is that I'm going to hear, I'm going to see you and I'm going to expand and play off what you, what you just shared. So to me, the ultimate display of teamwork um, is through yes and. I think that requires you to be a really great team player. Yes, yes and, and an incredible leader. I, I don't know how I'm in the middle of writing a new talk as well. The transformational power of you uh, creating better. So I think the subtitle is going to be creating better environments inside of work inside, in work and out, starting with you, right? Mm-hmm. And so obviously leadership isn't just about you, but you are a big part of it as the leader. And I don't know how you can lead 
in today's world, in today's climate, in today's new era of of work and new era of leadership and life without a yes and mentality. Like people are leaving toxic cultures and toxic leaders in in droves. Um, We don't leave companies, we leave people and we leave toxic environments. And I think in addition to those beautiful examples just Justin shared today, yes, and your way into leadership mm-hmm. success. What a way to see someone, what a way to hear someone. And it doesn't mean we have to do everything that's given to us, but it is a way to say, yes, I hear you. And here's maybe where we're going to go next with it. And here's a layer I can add on. And here's how I can empathize yeah. maybe with what you're saying. So Justin, it feels like the work you're doing really is mm-hmm. the work of improv theater, my friend. Um, life is improv. And so <laughs> I love all the parallels and I just adore you. So uh, any any parting words or anything we need to know about you before I get you off the air, my friend? No, listen, yeah, I tell people they want to find me. You're going to post the social stuff. They can check out the books and stuff. But I would just say that my big thing for everyone is I think if you're going to have really trusting relationships with other people, I also think you got to have a really good trust in yourself. And so mm-hmm. I know we didn't talk a lot about that, but I would just say, um, you know, what I love, even the talk that you're building about the transformational power of you, you, this idea that the better you show up for yourself, the better you will actually be able to show up and build trust with other people. And I just think that's it, that is those sometimes we'll say, oh, I know that, but then we don't always practice it. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we need reminders and sometimes we need new ideas and new thought leaders. And it's going to hit us in a new way at the yes. right moment. We said, oh, I need that right now. So I just, I, I really, I always say this, but I always tell people I believe in them. I do believe in you and the work that you're doing as well and putting mm-hmm. it out there. Um, it, it's going to change people. I, I think not only professionally, but I think it changes people personally. And I think those are the best talks is when people see how they can use it in all their lives. And so I just want you to know, myself and the people listening, your listeners, um, just appreciate the work that you're doing as well. Thanks, Justin. You are the man. J Money, (laughs) JP, Justin Patton, ladies and gentlemen. I'll see you soon, my friend. Thanks for being here. Okay, you guys, there you have it. I mean, right? Is he good or is he good? I loved the fill in the blank, right? Without trust, it would be a lonely world, right? It would be really lonely because without trust, we cannot lead and love and live the way we want. The conversation on body language, like be where your feet are, your feet point at your intention. So watch that. Be mindful of that. The three T's of trust. I mean, you guys, I mean, a notebook full of ideas. So I hope you love Justin as much as I love Justin. Go follow him, click in, learn about him and his work. He's an incredible speaker. And of course, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing Buckle Up. It's going to be a really awesome year. I love you so much. And I can't wait to see you right here on the Yes and Airwaves next week. Ciao.